What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Ring the Bell Phillies podcast, and it's about time. We have a really positive show for, for once this season. Um, the Phillies having a 5-2 and two week, 7-3 and three in their last 10. They are now 11-12. and 12. Man, that a sweep of the Rockies would have been amazing to put the Phillies right at 500 before starting a new week and a day off on Monday. Uh, the usual suspects are here with me, Jason and Dean. Uh, Jason, I'll, I'll start with you. Um, five and two week, man. Um, what was your what was your thoughts? Was what I expected. I think we all expected this. Um, I hate to bring negativity to it because it it was a good week, but I'm still a little nervous with Wheeler and Ola. They yeah. they seem to be, which crazy because I think what they have. In their last two starts between them, it's what twelve innings, I think, or thirteen mm-hmm. innings, and only two of them are really bad. Like, and it's just worrisome that they can't, that they're having that one inning that's really hurting them. And I think really hurting them is hurting their confidence. But outside of that, I'm encouraged. There were some offensive pieces slumping, but other guys are picking it up. Guys are just not expecting. Yeah. Um, I don't think anybody's expected this from Marsh. Mm-hmm. Like they got him up mm-hmm. in the five hole now. Um, yep. so I'm encouraged going forward. I, this is what last time I was on, I think even last week we we're expecting a better performance, but this is kind of what we expected with this part of the schedule, um, start making up some of those games. So I'm, I'm very encouraged for what I've seen this week. For sure. Uh, Dean, uh, last week mm-hmm. when we were talking about, uh, this week that just happened, you mm-hmm. were kind of, you were pretty positive, um, that you said four and three, they went mm-hmm. five and two, um, you know, tomato, tomato, but nonetheless, you still had them in a really positive week and it ended up being better than that. Um, your overall thoughts on, on this past week as it looked, this is the kind of week that the Phillies needed this, the show. All right, look, we're not as bad as those, that first two and a half, three weeks looked. Where are you now? Um, I mean, I'm happy for sure, for sure. Uh, yeah. you know, it was a little shaky at times though. Uh, you know, like like Jay said, you know, Wheeler and Nola still don't. I mean, listen, I don't expect anything better from Nola for the most part. But mm-hmm. um, and we did talk about last week that Wheeler had a little bit of a slow start last year, too. But um, I'm a little more concerned with him than I am Nola, because this is pretty much what Nola is. I mean, he's not getting lit up for 11 runs, you know no. what I mean? But, mm-hmm. you know, you can only give up three, four, five runs when your offense is not always gonna be able to bail you out. So, yeah, um, but it was an overall, like, a, I mean, Hey, you can't, you can't complain. You went, you had a winning record this week. Um, would have been great if they went seven and oh, because oh, the, Rockies yeah. and the white Sox aren't very good teams. Mm-hmm. So, but Hey, five and two. Yeah. It's a good week. That's a good, I, I can't, I can't really complain about much again. I, I was a little pessimistic in some of the games. Cause you know, we starting, you know, down three Oh, couple times today mm-hmm. and yeah. i think was it yesterday's game mm-hmm. was it yesterday's game that they they started i can't remember um but the, you know they both both games they came back and won yeah. so uh yep. even today to today a part of me was kind of like because you guys are there i was like I, you know, i, I kind of want them to lose so <laughs> <laughs> and then my protection would be right too but Hey, yeah, they came alive today so they, they did uh, they hit four home runs you know a team right now that um, only has 26 home runs this season, which is uh, good for, um, I believe they they hold, like, I think it's like 14th. So I think they're 14th in the league of home runs. They have 26 
four of which came today or uh, Sunday. Um, another issue that I have with the, the not only do they have a lack of home runs, I believe of the 26 homers, the Phillies, um, I think 16 of those are solo shots. So that's that's another issue. Um it was, you know, we saw again today how important it was to have Bryson Stott in the lineup. Uh, you know, he he hit a home run today. Trey Turner led off, uh, you know, hit the very first pitch he saw this afternoon, or uh, Sunday afternoon was a home run. Uh, Brandon Marsh just keeps rolling, had another home run today. Um, and uh, who was it? Cole, uh, Colby Clemens had a homer as well. I think it's his base. I think it's his first hit. It's a Philly. So, um, but overall, I'm going to kind of go back to the pitching here. You know, it did appear on Sunday, you know, for three innings that the Phillies were getting like vintage Wheeler. You know, he racked up seven strikeouts through the, you know, the first three hitless innings uh, of Sunday's game. But then much like Tuesday against the White Sox, man, it just you know, he spiraled into a big inning. It's like the, you, it's like you could feel the wheels coming off. Um, you know, you had bases at one point yet. He had bases loaded against him. I believe it was with one or two outs. And then he throws one out. up one out and he, and he throws up and he hits a guy in the wrist. He had two strikes on the guy. Exactly. Too, he had two strikes. It was Oh two. Like, yeah. what are you doing? Like, what are you doing? Come on. Um, I don't care at that point. I don't care if you give up a single, like don't yeah. don't hit the guy. Don't give them a run. Um, you know he he found himself again in a bases loaded no out jam in the fourth, following uh, two singles and a walk. Uh, at that point, the bullpen was actually stirring. After um, Jonathan Dan uh, Daza got got plunked by Wheeler right in the hand, it took thirty four pitches. But you know he got his he got out of that that fourth inning. But he gave up those three runs and four hits. Um, so my, my issue is, and it goes back to kind of what you guys said about, you know, Nola, he's not going to give up five, six, seven runs and Wheeler's not going to give up five, six, seven runs, but you know, in the, and there's certain, there's a lot of Philly fans. There's a section of Philly fans that will move the goalposts when it comes to Nola mm-hmm. and, and Wheeler. I don't care that Nola threw six shutout innings after giving up the three. Don't give up the three. Because you're already starting your team off in a hole. Um, you know, maybe in like the fourth inning, if the Phillies, uh, if your offense put up two, three, four runs, then that three might not look so bad if you if you gave it up in like the fourth inning after the, your, your team's up. But when you put your team down already, three nothing right off the bat, I don't care how many scoreless innings you throw after that because you've already put your team in a hole. But here, here's where I said to you, I think I said it earlier today. What hurts me more isn't so much the three runs they've given up, both of them. It was how they gave it up. Right. If you go, if he, you know, if, if Nola goes seven strong, gives up, you know, a, a bloop here, bloop there. Right. Over seven yeah, innings. I agree. I, I feel better about that game. Even though he did had a great after that, it's still, you start to feel that. And then it, even I was shocked at the way he responded with six strong innings after. For sure. Figured, yeah. You know, that first inning, we've seen him just implode. So I'm happy that the way he came out of it. But for me, the both of them is either you're supposed to be your guys. Even if Noel is not an ace, he should be a two on most teams. Mm -hmm. Those are guys you expect to come out and have some of these performances where I don't think either one of them have really had like gone out and just dominated and just shown like 
you know, Otani, Garrett Cole. There's all these, you know, DeGrom's been doing it after that first one where we blew him up. Yeah. There's so many aces and people yeah. that are those top end pitchers that are like lockdowns for your team. And even though they're going, you know, with Nola yesterday after that first inning, but it's like they're not coming in and really giving us, no. you know, a good seven inning one run ball yeah. game. I mean, allowing us to work on that. Right. And Wheeler had six innings today, but he took him 111 pitches. Like that's it. We can't have it. You just, it, the, the, I hate going into a game almost in the back of my mind, knowing that, well, I'm going to see the bullpen in the fifth or sixth inning. Like this, it, again, we've talked about, Dean and I talked about this last week. This is a formula that will not last beyond May because you are going to completely burn out your bullpen and you don't have the arms in your starting rotation right now to support that. Your so, one and two starters should be going at minimum seven innings, in my, in my opinion. Yeah, I think you should go a minimum six to seven every start. Yeah. I think six is the bar. And then let me get one more after that. Um, at least into know, the seventh, you know, get that, you know, yes. six and a third. At least get me thirds, into you know? the seventh. <clears throat> I agree. Um, I can understand your three and four and your fifth starters maybe not being deeper guys, but – you know, Wheeler's getting paid the big bucks and, yep. you know, he's, he's got to get to that sixth yeah. inning. You know, so his seventh, his sixth inning outing today or Sunday marked the seventh time in the last 12 games of the Phillies got six innings out of their starter. He, I don't think he went six today. Did he? I think he went six. I'm pretty sure he went six. Okay. You're right. He did. He yeah. did go six. That's my, you know, my and that's, that's something that they did just once in their first 11 games. So it's, it's kind of, I mean, what's also helping them right now is, you know, as they're getting, you know, getting deeper outings from their starters has kind of allowed Rob Thompson uh, or Topper the last, you know, week and a half or so to get his relievers in the, 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 um, what's the word I'm looking for? The optimal spots and it's paying off. Um, you know, Gregory Soto continued his, his run lately with a, a scoreless seventh inning on Sunday to really help preserve like Sunday's win. Um, so, you know, since allowing, since that, what was it? The opening day, Soto was really bad. Um, we he, he didn't even retire a batter on opening day. He's wow. allowed just one run over his last 10 and a third innings while racking up 14 Ks. So, you know, he's he's not bad. And then you will talk about a stud. You know, Dude. Jose Alvarado in his last 30 games, his last 30 appearances, 54 strikeouts, four walks, two runs. Only so impressive. Only two other pitchers have ever done that in like, baseball. Kenley Jensen in 2017 and Craig Kimbrell mm-hmm. in 2012. Mm-hmm. Alvarado is on another level right now. And Jensen's 17 was one of the best reliever seasons ever. Yeah. Yeah. He was phenomenal that year. Yeah. I mean, you're you've sometimes been critical of Alvarado oh, Jay, like big time. I, I don't see me too. Yeah. yeah. He, He's never been even even early last year. There's games where he came in like you just you don't know what you're going to get because he's just wild. Yeah. Like when he's on right now, we see what how good he is because his stuff is electric. But it's one of those things like, man, if he put it together, I know I was very worried about him. And it seems like right now they've got the bullpen starting to get to what they we thought they were. Yeah. Now, I think we've you know said it over and over since the season started. It just seems like the the pitching isn't what we thought and we're hoping yeah. it gets to where we, where we expected them to be mm-hmm. starting and, pitching anyway. 
And he imploded in the World Series. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, <clears throat> yeah. Um, and, it, you know, and we talked about this at the top of the show and I'm going to kind of go more in depth here is like, you know, three of the Phillies seven home runs this past weekend came with at least one runner on base, something they did just five times in their first 21 games of the season. So entering this weekend, only the, the Guardians, Royals and Nationals had fewer home runs with men on base like that's how rough the Phillies offense were from a home run and run producing standpoint. And, and, you know, I've said this to Jay and we've talked about this in, in text, you know, the Phillies might have a top seven batting average in major league baseball, but if you're not scoring runs, I really don't care what your batting average is, mm-hmm. but you are, but Jay was right about one thing. And that was it. The, on the back end, the payoff is coming and it definitely did this week. You know, they're getting runners in scoring position and they're following through with that. Um, so I, I'm happy that what you said did come true. And, you know, right now the Phillies are, are, are on what Lou Brown, the great Lou Brown would say, a winning streak, which is at three games now. But here's the problem. And this is what we, you and all three of us have talked about since the beginning of the season. The beginning of April was going to be that place where the Phillies have such a, I don't want to say an easy lineup, but a line, uh, I'm sorry, an easy schedule, but a schedule where they can get ahead if something went awry. They didn't take advantage of that. Now you're going three against Seattle, three against Houston, and then you open up May with the Dodgers, Boston, and Toronto. So it's it, it. this is an issue. However, flip side, according to reports, MV3 might be coming back um, within the next two weeks, they're aiming for the weekend series opening up uh, May against Boston. Yeah. Um, so, guys, I mean, I think Jay, you might have said it, Dean, you said it last week. I think the goal right now is to limit these losses and just try to limit as much damage as possible before that Boston series to get Harper back in this lineup, right? Yeah, I, I, they're still a good enough team. And, and the thing I can say when I look at the upcoming schedule, um, it's not, and it's still early in the season, but we're not, like a lot of the teams we're playing, they're not teams that I feel like we have a chance against each one of them. It's not like you're going in thinking, you know, Houston's not the world beater right now. Boston's not great. You know, they're good teams. You know, Seattle's struggling a little bit. So I think these next upcoming games for us, I'm not as nervous about him as I once was. To mm. me, the biggest thing I'm going to be watching for this week is, is I want to see what Nola and Wheeler do against Houston because that at that time, now you're coming back to the World Series matchup back in Houston. You're coming like this is your first. To me, it's your first real test. You go, mm-hmm. you know, you, you want to go and win those games, and, and they're lined up to pitch game one and game two in Houston. So to me, I do think Seattle, we get the better of them. I, mm-hmm. I, I want, I'm going to be looking strictly for those two games down in Houston and, and really watching them close and see kind of, you know, have these last two starts kind of give them confidence going yeah. forward. And that Dodger no, 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 series. I, I want them to, I want them to repeat with it in the world series. Don't, don't be good against the Astros now. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't mean anything to me now. It meant something to me seven months or five months ago. Yeah. The Dodgers series is going to be interesting because as it stands right now, not one California baseball team is above 500, which is crazy. Did um, the Dodgers lose tonight? Cause they were 12 and 11. I believe when I checked the standings earlier. I, I, believe, have, I haven't checked yet. 
they did. Um, You're telling me the Athletics aren't 500? Oh, you don't say. It's no, not... they yeah, they're uh, Dodgers are 12 and 11. Did they play today already? Yeah, they beat the, they beat the Cubs. Seven yeah, Clayton five. won. Oh, that's right. Okay, so only one California team is above 500. Uh, I believe that today was Clayton Kershaw's 200th career victory. I think it was 201. I thought he, I thought he hit, yeah, today was 201. I think he hit 201 last time. 201. Did he? Yeah. Yeah. Um. All right. Okay. So we're going to take a quick break so we can pay the bills here. Uh, and then we're going to come back. And I want to talk about the, the the lineup a little bit, something I've been pretty critical of. I know it okay. sounds stupid and you're on a three-game winning streak, but I still think <laughs> some things really need to change, and I'm going to talk about that. But first, support for Ring the Bell is brought to you guys by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Their products are precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Uh, Manscaped's performance package is the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. Join over 8 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer just for you guys. Uh, 20% off free worldwide shipping with this code BASEBALL20 at manscaped.com. Man, if my math is correct, that's 16 million balls, man. Oof. <laughs> that's, a, that's a lot of old testes there. Um, the Performance Package 4.0 has arrived, and man, oh man, it's a game changer. Inside this package... You know, that's a good one there. You'll find their lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, weed whacker ear and nose hair trimmer, crop preserver ball deodorant, crop reviver toner, performance boxer briefs, and a travel bag to hold all those goodies. First off, the lawnmower 4.0. This trimmer is the future of grooming and dare I say the greatest ball trimmer ever. I think so. Their fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. The lawnmower 4.0 is waterproof and also has a 4,000, that's 4,000 LK LED spotlight you need for a more precise shave. Because this trimmer is waterproof, you can say goodbye to the mess on the bathroom floor. You thought that was good, but want to take that grooming game even further to the next level. The Performance Package 4.0 also includes the Weed Whacker nose and hair trimmer. Uh, ear hair trimmer. The Weed Whacker is also waterproof and provides proprietary skin safe technology, which helps reduce nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate nose holes. Let me just let you guys know this. I am terrified every single time I use that Weed Whacker in my nose, but man, when I'm doing it correctly, it feels pretty good and I enjoy it. Um, their Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver Ball Toner will change the way you approach your hygiene routine. Trust me when I say this, fellas, your balls will Thank you. Manscaped even threw in two free gifts to their performance package 4.0, the Manscaped boxers and shed travel bag. Bring your comfort and boxers to an absolute another level. It's time to take care of yourself. Go to manscaped.com and get 20% off free shipping with our code baseball 20. Get 20% off free shipping with our code baseball 20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com using our code baseball 20. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. All right, welcome back. Ring the bell. All right, guys, I have an issue here, and, and I'm and I'm continuing this every single week that we do a show until it changes because I just don't know what's going to happen here. Um, and maybe I'm assuming it's going to change when Bryce gets back. I'm going to ask you, Jay, because you're the expert of the Kyle Schwerber committee. <laughs> um, why? Why is he still in that three hole? I mean, no it's embarrassing. Idea. To last year, I understood the leadoff position because there was really no other player that you could put there. 
And I get it. This year, they had that legitimate one. They had that legitimate two. Why, when you have Castellanos deserves to sit in that three-hole, Alec Bohm has been deserving of that three-hole since game one. Brandon Marsh is hitting the ball, obviously, but Marsh isn't a three-hole hitter. Um, why has this not happened yet? I don't know. I, to me, if you're not going to have him in leadoff, which I don't think he deserves to be. I don't even want him in the four hole. Um, the only thing I could think is, is he's hoping because if he gets hot, he, he usually, he has a good, you know, week, week and a half where he's crushing mm-hmm. outside of that. I, I think he's just trying to play around. I think we all said this, where he's going to play with the lineup until Harper gets back. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope when Harper gets back, Topper really sees everything. Um, to me, he bats no higher than fifth, and that's being generous just because I think Harper's going to go three and you're splitting up lefty-righty. It seems to be that, you know, I understand. I know you're not a fan of it. You think it's, you know, split doing that. So you don't agree with it. Uh, that's no. the only thing. Yeah. That's the only conclusion you can come to, and I, I hope he moves them lower than five because you have guys like Bohm who are, are showing they're, they're coming out. Marsh is really hot. And right now when we're struggling to get runs, you're putting a guy up there who's, you know, striking out over a, over 200 K season again, and the yeah. home runs aren't there. So I think you have to move him down at least until you start seeing him get hot. Cause you have other players. Like we saw, he finally moved Stott up and it's been, yep. it's worked magic. Um, he, so when he's just striking out, it's tough. Cause he's not hitting the ball like he did last year. So no. So here's my issue. Well, first I want to ask Dean before we, sure. I go to the next issue in the lineup, a couple issues, your thoughts on Schwerber still hitting third, you know, 23 games into this season? Uh, I think it shows the stubbornness of our manager. I It reminds he's, me. He's loyal to his players. That's it. Fine. I agree. But, uh, you do have to be able to make changes when they're severely struggling, and he's just not hitting the ball at all. And Topper reminds me, and look, it's not a, it can be a bad thing, and it is right now. Charlie Manuel used to always get ripped for being loyal by like to a fault with certain things and certain players, how he wouldn't change the lineup, you know, um, when certain guys, because he was so loyal to the core um, and he didn't want to mess with that. And I feel like for some reason, because of what Schwarber did last year, he's so committed to this guy. And I don't understand why he's doing this. And, you know, and it's not just Schwarber, you know, Schwarber's got at least a 323 on base percentage. JT real Muto right now is brutal i mean bad he's batting 247 his on base percentage is 280 like he doesn't get on base i mean at all he's got three walks this season uh he has 19 hits in in 77 at bats two home runs seven rbis he's got 24 strikeouts which is sec uh i believe it's third on the team um i don't know something's got to give here guys because when harper gets back if they're going to go, you, why are you raising your hand? Because I have a comment. Because you ripped Schwarber last year. That was your first thing about Schwarber. You ripped him offensively, and then he turned it around. I'm more comfortable. That's the one thing I, like, I, if I'll have pushback on somebody moving down, it's going to be real Muto because I think I said Schwarber first. But last year coming in, you re, you weren't a fan of, of real Muto offensively. No. No, but he, to me, he has that track record where I'm okay. Like, and I get to me, he's not a guy I'm moving down. Schwarber's a, a career 213 hitter. 
he's either bomb or nothing and yeah. strikeouts in today's game where you have so many guys, especially the way they're getting rid of the shift. Yeah. Guys are going to get more hits. So move those Herbert does have 14 walks. Yeah. But move the guys up that are going to get hit. And, and cause if you get a guy on first and second, you are getting almost, you know, Schwarber's either going to strike out double play or hit a home run. That That's what you're getting with him. I'd I agree. rather JT it, it, to me, he's going to come out of it. He just, that's, he's the, He's a 270 hitter. He knows how to hit. He knows how to do the little things to get on base and, and do that well. So I'm not as upset about him being up there in, in the six hole in front of Bohm. I'd love to see. To me, is more you need to swap Bohm and Schwarber. That needs to be the move and get Bohm all the way up there ahead of all of them because I think you need the I think you so need well. to, to okay. So here I think you need to jump a couple things. I think Schwarber needs to be knocked down at least two spots because Castellanos and Bohm should move up. Um, bone being the biggest. I mean, just imagine if you are booking a lineup tomorrow and you're or Tuesday and your top three are Stott, Turner, and Bone with Castellanos batting fourth. I mean, that's pretty damn good there because it's not like in your three hole, if Schorber gets on, it's not like he has wheels to where if the four hole guy hits a double, it's a guarantee that Schorber's going to score. So it's it. He, he doesn't bring you anything on the base path either. Here's where I think the, the light at the end of the tunnel is coming, and that's Bryce Harper. Harper's going to probably bat third. If Har- Harper bats third and they're going by this archaic righty-lefty bullshit that they've been doing, mm-hmm. you can't put Schwerber's not batting fourth, and he's he shouldn't bat fifth because he, there's no way he should be at that point be ahead of Bohm and be ahead of Casty at that point either. There's, or I mean, what are you going to, then it comes between Schwarber and Real Muto. One of them dudes are going to bat sixth or seventh. That's where they are right now in this lineup when Harper returns because you can't, they're, they're not going to bat Harper third and then Schwarber fourth. That's back to back lefties. They, and that would be just absolutely stupid to do. I mean, if Harper gets on, you know, I, I probably want Bohm hitting fourth or Castellanos hitting fourth. And then you need to have Bohm after that. That's the thing. I mean, this is, we're at a point now in two weeks where realistically Schwarber should be the sixth or seventh hole hitter. Do you see a scenario where that's the tough part? Cause Stott's a lefty. So, and you, have to, you, don't, you don't want to, yeah, but you don't want to move Stott down. Cause I was thinking, do you, do you guys, either one of you see a envision a lineup where Bryce is second, but I think that really messes everything up totally because now Scott's going or Stott's going to have to move all the way down to like fifth or seventh so which he can't he's batting 360 yeah i mean there's there's just no way uh, i can move can you bat can you bat bryce four yeah you can bat bryce because then i'm thinking like that he always then bones got to hit third schwarber being one or two if you move schwarber back up to to like that's the only thing i could think of which i don't i don't want them to do but i don't i can't see him moving schwarber all the way down i just can't i bring up the loyalty thing what if you bat Stott at leadoff, Marsh second, Harper, um, uh, Boom third, and Harper four. I mean, if Brandon Marsh Tra- right now, Trey? Uh, I'm sorry, it would. I'm sorry. Would would it? Would, then so do Trey Marsh or Trey Stott? I would go Trey. Boom. Oh, that's a good point. Trey you Stott, almost, Boom, Harper. So you just flip flop the two up front and you put both yeah, three, Tr- Stott, Harper Boehm, four, Harper. Casty five. Yeah, 
Schwerber has to bat sixth. I just there's I, 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 don't, I, don't, see, I don't see him moving him down he, that far. But here's the like. problem. You how much longer are we going to keep batting Brandon Marsh only fifth? I mean, mm. he's got a 455 on base percentage right now. He's getting on base half the time he's on he's at bat. They might have to move Turner down the lineup a little bit. And I would and by a little bit, I mean third. Um Stott's hitting 340. Like that's the thing. Trey Turner's hitting 293. Bohm is at 302. This, I mean, it's well, a great, I think that's a great the baseball today. To have. Baseball today, you're going to see better averages. I think that's, I think we're seeing it around the league. But he kept Schwarber in leadoff all year last year, and I understand the home run. But right now, as and you stated earlier, how many of our home runs are solo home runs still? You can't more than ha- way more. You can't than have half. it, so you got to move him down. But to, the question is, is he going to? Because he showed last year, he's, he's he's going to do it his way. So is he too loyal to move him all the way down the lineup where it might be beneficial for the team? Cause you do have these other players who are hotter, who are playing better ball right now. And, and just yeah. to, frankly, a lot of them just in terms of general hitters are, but he's not even hitting home runs. That's the issue with them. If he, like when Brandon hot, Marsh he has four, Schwerber has five. Boom has yeah, three, but, but I'm, I'm a big today. They got it. Your average that you getting hits is going to win you games. And that's going to start more runs. So you got to get the guys that are hitting higher averages up. up the I'm lineup. also looking at guys that have on base percentages of over 340, like Turner, uh, um, Turner, Bohm, Castellanos is almost at a 400 clip. Stott 360. Brandon Marsh is basically getting on base every time he touches a bat. Um, this is an issue. It's a good issue to have, but that's where's the manager going to go? Dean, I'm, I'm sorry. You've been, um, yep. We were just talking, but what's do you have a concern about when Harper gets back? Because this is a lineup now full of dudes that are hitting over 300 and getting on base a lot. Yet there's a guy in the three hole, which is supposed to be your best hitter, mm-hmm. your best run producer. And it's a guy that's hitting 195 and doesn't get on base as much as he should. Listen, that's where that's that's where Harper's been hitting since he got to the Phillies, and I think that's his position. So, mm-hmm. or his spot, and I think that's where he needs to go. And you have to move Schwarber down. Um, I mean, I, I don't really have much else to say on that. That's what has to be done. I mean, I agree. You know, like, and I think if that isn't what happens, like, let if he just bumps Schwarber down the fourth, like that's not good enough, right? And I'm a big Schwarber fan. I've defended him on here many times, but he's just. He's just not hitting, excuse me, uh, at all, really. And you can't have guys after him be hitting in the 300s and getting on base and doing what they need to do. And you got this, this, you know, air quotes, rally killer, I guess you could say. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and I say with JT, too, because I, mm-hmm. listen, I'm, I think JT has been on a slow decline offensively for the last like three to four years because um, he did not. He wasn't hitting well during the COVID season, and he didn't hit well in 2021 either. So, um, at least I don't think he hit well in 2020. Um, but he's starting to show he's show signs of of the yeah he's 32 yeah so inconsistencies in his hitting. So, I would move both of them down. Obviously, maybe not like drop them all the way down the lineup, but because you need a guy like a Marsh who is going to hit that good, like we saw last year in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Marsh came up the bat and you just 
you know, it was like virtually at that point, it was, you might as well just had a pitcher hitting. Like it was almost like we, the DH did nothing for us because yeah. Marsh was just like non-existent in the playoffs because they knew mm-hmm. they could beat him with the high heat. So for sure. Um, See, it is good, especially with, with the DH in the modern game to have those really good hitters spread out across your lineup. But your, your two, three, four guys need to be just, they need contact almost all the time. I agree. Um, you know? And, and look, if it's not con- like, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, that's what I meant. Never mind. <laughs> and this might be a back ass words way of thinking for me, and it, and it might come off as contradictory, but I, I don't think it is. If the Phillies were in the Mets or the Atlanta position right now where they were 14 and eight, I probably could care less what Schwarber is doing in the three right. hole. But when you're 11 and 12 and you're a team that's struggling to score runs with the payroll they have with the payroll that you got and you got players below Schwarber hitting over 300, some over mm-hmm. 350. Yeah. Driving in more runs, getting on base a lot more than you. That's where I have an issue because like we've talked about since day one of the opening of the season, the Phillies are already playing for a third wild card spot. Yeah. And the Mets are eight and two in their last 10. The Braves are six and four. The Braves have lost four. The, the Braves have lost four games in a row. It's so crazy. this is the perfect opportunity for the Phillies to just kind of rally off some wins here. And they're doing that. Um, so, yeah, if it was the opposite, if the Phillies were 14 and eight, or at least three or four, three games or four games over 500, then Schwarber batting that three hole really wouldn't bother me as much. See, but- I'm going to disagree with that because to me, unless your run differential is so much greater, like they're like the Marlins are 12 and 10 at a minus 23. Like if we were, yeah. we're not scoring runs the way we should be and we're winning kind of those close games, I'd still be concerned because to me, even if you're winning, you got to see what your biggest problem is. And with the Phillies, it's not, it's the run production. So to me, even if they were at 14 and eight, I still think I'd be harping. Even last year when we were killing it towards the end of the season and Schwarber had 45 home runs, my, you can't put that guy at lead off. You can't have him right now in the top five, top six of this lineup with the way once Harper gets back, the, the bats, the proven bats we have, and the kids that are starting to show development, to me, it's tough to put a guy that's going to be a 202 hitter and probably hit more like 32 home runs in your top five. That's in, unless he's hitting a three-run home run, he's not doing anything else for you. So it's it's tough to me to even say top, you know, put him in the top five, six when Harper gets back. Yeah. I mean, look, it, it, if you ask me right now, when Harper gets back, I'm I don't think Schwerber should bet any higher than sixth. I agree. Just my opinion. I mean, I who? I don't know what no, argument he, could be made that he, he should. He had a good game today. Yeah. What did he do today? I forget. He went, he went one for two. two yeah. Walks. And he got on. Yeah. And he got and he walked. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's good. I mean, that's fine. Um, Sitting 212. <laughs> that's about right below his right about his average. 215 <laughs> for career. <laughs> um, he just needs to start hitting home runs. That's, that's I the think thing. A, I think a lot of it will. A lot of it. Like last year. You know, we, I understood, you know, I, I would rip Jay a lot, but I understood what he was saying. Of course. Um, yeah, yeah. But when, when you're, when home runs, you know, chicks dig long ball as the old Tom <laughs> Glavin, Greg Maddox commercial says. Right. So when you're cracking, when you, when you lead the entire national league in home runs, I'll kind of look the other way. And the fact that you're only hitting like two eighteen on the season, yeah. you know what I mean? And you are 
tearing it up in the playoffs with home runs yeah. where home runs is what matters in the playoffs, you know? So I will say, and you know, I don't like this term, but it is kind of true. And I'm not comparing the two players, but you know, Ryan Howard was always called a, a warm weather hitter, a hot weather hitter. Um, mm-hmm. Last year in April and Schwarber hit five home runs in May. He hit six. He hit 22 home runs combined in June and July. He hit 12 and 10. So he's the ball does travel better in the summer. Right. So he might be one of those guys where he's a warm weather hitter. Um, Again, I'm not sitting here saying, cool, let's just wait until June and Schwerber will show up. You could be, you know, out of contention in June. I don't think it's going to happen, but I'm just saying, you know, this is something that has to be paid attention to by Topper because once Harper gets back that whole the whole, the whole, um, I, I'm trying to think of a word, but the, the whole landscape's going to change as soon as Bryce is ready to hit, because then you got to work around, you know, what the, if you're going to keep going righty lefty, then you got to work mm-hmm. around how that's going to work. Like Jay, what does your lineup look like the day Harper returns? So it's probably going to be. So I don't care about left, right. It's going to be Stott, Trey, Turner, Bryce. Hart, yep. Then I'm going to go keep Casty at four. I'd probably put Boehm at five. Yep. Marsh at six. J- <laughs> JT at eight? seven. Schwarber is an eight holder in, in a to normal me, lineup. You may, if you move a couple things around, you may put Schwarber at seven. But to me, in, in an everyday lineup, he's he's more. And to me, I don't think it, it's knocking as much knocking Schwarber as it is right now. The depth of our lineup, which Correct. is very good. So, mm-hmm. and to me, yeah. you can if if you have a month. I just looked up. You know, Schwarber June and August are his biggest home run months. It's and it's by a, a good amount. Like. June, he has 47. August, he has 43. The other wow. months are in the 20s. So yeah, he, he's a he hot has, weather hitter. So if he gets hot, you can always move him up a couple spots I when agree. those months. Ha- so I'm not saying he has to bat eight every time. But to me, if you it, with an everyday lineup, I think that's the way it looks. And then who I guess I don't know who I guess whoever you have it the other position. Mm-hmm. But to me, you could swap him up to maybe sixth or seventh, you know, occasionally. But to me, in this lineup, he's the, probably the eighth guy. And I don't. I really, it's not a knock or me hating Schwarber. It's, I just think the other guys no, are, it's logic. are better. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So let's do what we normally do as we close this one down. Um, guys, we have a, a pretty big uh, a week coming up here. You have a three game set against the Mariners. Um, and then you got uh, a weekend series with the Houston Astros to finish out April. Uh, that's six games. Jay, what are you looking for this week? I think I already said it. I want, I, I'm really looking at that at that Houston series. I think I think Wheeler and Nola, if they're going to turn around, it's it's you know you want it you want <laughs> it's it like to the start. third straight week we've said this. It is, but to me, <laughs> what better way? And I I did laugh. I thought it was you know it was a good joke. You know, you, it stinks that they're going to do it now, but I want to see it. I want to see it against Houston, against a, a perennial team that's always in the playoffs. You know, show us what you are. Um, and I, I'm projecting a four and two week. I think um, we split both series. Uh, I think we take two or three of both series. Okay, uh, Dean. I'm a little a little more pessimistic than Jay is. Um, <laughs> I um, I guess just don't get blown out. 
against the Astros. <laughs> yes, um, just don't get blown out. <laughs> I um, I'm kind of I'm. I don't think they're going to have a winning record coming out of this the mm. six games. Um, I'm kind of in between like three and three and like two and four. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm in the three think and they, three spot. I definitely think they take two or three against the, the Mariners. That's Sorry, what Chris. I think. Yep. Sorry, Chris. What, what? Um, <laughs> I know you're secretly rooting. No, I want the Phillies to win 25 nothing <laughs> each game. Um, but I, they had the they had the capabilities of taking like two or three in Houston. Mm-hmm. I just feel like our pitching isn't going to be good enough. I, I think we'll hit so fine. I, feel. I just don't. I, I think I think the Astros are kind of like, ooh, good. The Phillies come back to town. We'll just light them up like we did in the World Series. You know what I mean? That's um, yeah. I hate even not hate. light not lighting them up, but I mean we we did not pitch good against them for almost the entire World Series. So right, I. I'll I'll do the safe bet and say like a three and three. I, I think we'll take one one game in Houston. Two and one at the Mariners and one and two in Houston. That's what I feel. I think it's gonna be three and three. Um, but that's disappointed what I, in both of you. But that's what I mean, Dean I'm had going, them at almost had them four and three this past week. You so picked you, this you picked this as a World Series team, Christopher. You should be saying five and one. It's April. <laughs> you told me these games matter. They, they do, but I mean, you know, they do matter. But I'm yeah. I well, saw... wait till wait wait till next week's uh, predictions when we face the Dodgers and the uh, Red Sox. That's going to be like zero and seven. <laughs> we miss we miss Castillo though, which is I think is a good thing. I mm. think we I don't do know miss, you do miss Castillo. Yeah, I think it gives us a little bit. But I really see. I really like our chances in in Houston. I really. I picked him for Cy Young. I don't think he's going to win it anymore. I don't think he's going to be in the top 10. He probably won't be in the top 30. But I think <laughs> I think he has a good game against Houston. I think the second half, of, or the last six innings, I think he, he, he got on a heater. I think Wheeler is starting to figure it out. I think both of them, both my prediction for both of them, seven innings of no run ball. They both won. Nola gives up three hits. Wheeler gives up two hits. Bam. You know what? I'm changing it. I'm going five and one this week. You guys talked me into it. We're going five and one this week. Yeah, I talked you into it. Um, you guys talked me into it. You are a drug addict. <laughs> <laughs> you guys talked me into it. We're going five and one. We're doing it. We're sweeping Houston. We're going two and, two and one against Seattle. We're I usually Houston. know when Jay's high. I don't think he is right now. But. <laughs> I can't wait to come on here a week from now and listen to you be wrong for a second week in a row. <laughs> yeah, I probably will be. It'll be tough. Wheeler's going, um, is going to give up six in run-ins in the first inning without getting an out, and I'm going to be so upset. I think three and three will be a good week when you look at the schedule. I really do. Yeah, it's just a conservative uh, guess. That's what it is. It's probably the most I, realistic look, thing that's going to happen. You have to go I with agree. 500 or better. Like you ha- I think it sets up good for us without facing Castillo against Houston. We're, we're not facing their big dog. And I right. think it, it's that we have, and I get it. They're not both. They're not super aces, but we have one and two going against Houston. Mm-hmm. So we set up to, to take that series. I think that's why. Yeah. I mean, I hope so. I, I'm just, I'm not, I don't feel confident enough to say we'll take two or three. I, I think I, that makes total sense. One of them, you know? Yeah. So, all right. Uh, who was your players of the week? Jay. I'm going to go. Um, Man, it's tough because a few, I think, few offensively, but Nick has to be the player of the week. Yeah, Nick what, is two, my player of the week. Castellanos. Yeah, yep. two home Mine runs, too. four RBIs, three five RBIs, five RBIs. Yep, his yeah. last week, two home runs, five RBIs. He's batting three fifty-seven. Yeah, ten he, hits. 
He's just yep. doing so yep. he's and he looks different at the plate this year than yeah. he did last year. He yep. looked like a lot of those outside. He was just throwing the bat at it yeah. this year. He's actually either putting it the other way or laying yep. off. Yep. Um, he, he looks like the the Castellanos. I think we're all excited for when he signed here. I agree. I agree. And I don't need 30 home runs a season from him. If he bats over 300 and is just making good contact, that makes me happy enough. You know what I mean? The, 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 he'll hit the balls over the fence, you know, so he doesn't need to swing for the fences. He's a good enough hitter in his career. That's what made me so mad last year. Cause like, of course he comes here and he's David Bell. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's that's what made me so mad, but I think yeah. he had a great week. Um, and I, I wanted to say uh Stott again, but I was like, you know, I'll give Nick his due. He had a, he, the only game he had, he was hitless was, I think it was game two against the white Sox. I think it was, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, great week. Great week for him. Uh, Two home runs J- yesterday, right? Yep. It's yep. second. Yeah. yeah. Yesterday, yeah. So, uh, Jay, who disappointed you the most this week? It's be oh, we're going there. <laughs> we, we always do. Disappoint. We? we always do disappointed. We have to. We have to look. We can't just be you know shills for everything that goes right. We have to be honest about what's going wrong. It's it's Kyle Schwarber. Yeah, me too. Because he just nine strikeouts this week, and and yeah. it's it's tough. Like it's not, and I and I get ripped in one of my group chats that you're in there that it's not Schwarber's fault. He's batting where he is. It's his fart. Um, but, <laughs> but I just I need better. I need better from from you. You <laughs> you really are paid to be a hitter here. Yeah. Um. And I think a lot of people were super excited when I think it was like that last season in Boston mm-hmm. before we signed here, where he had that toward pace. And, uh, what do you think about it? 273 for Boston. So people mm-hmm. thought we were going to get that type of guy. No. Um, but I just, you know, he, he's going to heat up eventually. But right now he's just disappointing us. Yeah, I I'm agree. Gonna, I'm going to go. I, I'm going to buck the trend and I'm actually going to say JT. Mm. Um, you know, he did get a, a bunch of, let me, let me see here. He got the. Uh, Two, three, four, five. He got five hits over over the week, but he um he had no RBIs. Yeah, he's not driving in anybody. Yeah, I think he, he got one this week, didn't he? I don't know. Did he what have anything today? I, I think he had today. three stolen bases this week too, though. But yeah, I, he, he I also was today. an idiot and tried to steal third on Sunday. Yeah, but you know, I ex- I expect a lot better from JT than like just barely hitting above two fifty. Yeah, um, and it's. Like I just, exp- I, you know, he struggled in the World Series last year, and I feel like he yeah. just hasn't kind of. He's still just kind of struggling, so it's the but, easy shot to take against Costi- uh against Schwarber. You know, listen, I'm sure he'll be, you know, at least for the next three to four weeks. I'm sure he'll be my most disappointment, but <laughs> I am going to go with JT just because I I, am ex- I expect a lot more from that guy. He's I apparently agree. the best catcher in baseball and he's not really hitting too well right now. Mm-hmm. But, like yeah. I said to Chris last year, when we, if I think our first episode, when we did the predictions, kind of our, our first half assessment. I, I wouldn't know. I was probably not invited. <laughs> oh God. Um, <laughs> I, I'm okay with like, I'm, you know, I'm okay with the, the dippage. I, I'm not. I'm not going to be as hard on JT as a and at any point offensively because I think what he brings you 
on the defensive side is so much greater. And I, I do think he'll eventually be a 260 hitter. So mm-hmm. I, I, to me, I'm never, cause he controls that run game. I'm like nobody in the game now. Yeah. Yep. Um, so I'm, I'm never going to be as hard on him offensively because of what he has to do defensively to me. Schwarber doesn't play any other position. Like he's not really, he should be your DH every day. So I agree. Yeah. I need to hit better. All right. So that uh, wraps up week four of the Ring the Bell podcast for the Phillies 2023 season. The best week the Phillies have had so far. The most positive uh, seven days that we've seen thus far in the season. And we're getting to the end of April here. Um, So, yeah, if you guys want to follow us uh, on social media, at RTB Baseball on Instagram, at Ring the Bell 856 on Twitter, and head over to Facebook and and join the conversation there. Find us on Ring the Bell, a Phillies podcast. Um, Again, if you guys also want to help us out, Head over to SeatGeek.com right now. Use our code on the bump for $20 off your very first ticket purchase. Head over to Manscaped.com right now. Use our code BASEBALL20 for 20% off and free shipping worldwide on your order. Um, That wraps us up. Ring the bell. Phillies podcast here. I'm Chris. That's Dean and Jason. And we'll catch you guys here next week. Same, same exact time. Hopefully another great week for Phillies baseball. Um, Have a good one, everybody. And as always, go Phils.